Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back to Still Becoming One. We are really glad that you are here today and talking about this super important topic. We titled this one, Until Sex Do Us Part. Why? Well, because we hear it all the time, whether it be some of the couples that we coach or just dealing with statistics that say that one of the reasons that divorce happens is because of somehow sex being a problem in their relationship. And some people just do not know how to navigate the differences in their sex drive and how do they go through life and dealing with each other and a different level of sex drive. Yeah, it's definitely something through our, I guess it's over 12 years of ministry now that we see in every sphere. Yeah. Um, Definitely the online sphere. I feel like there's the anonymity, so it's more of a hot topic there. But even when we do it on a local scale, it always becomes ever present in the question and answer time that we always allow couples to do. Right. Um, Yeah. Anytime we speak, we make sure we have kind of like a, you know, drop a question in the box, you know, idea. And people uh, invariably, somebody will ask, what do I do with my spouse who doesn't want to have sex? Yeah. So it's just ever present and it's clear there's a lot of shame attached to it with both yeah. Sides of, Both it, sides of it. The person who is, for whatever reason, no blame place here, but is desiring sex less, and the one who's desiring sex more, there's a lot of shame and hiding right. in that. It's definitely something we as believers and the church, I don't think, have done a good job of talking about and have often missed the mark on the information Absolutely. we give. And therefore, it's just hasn't been a great safe space to discuss this. Right. So let's just start with and, and get this out of the way, because I think people probably notice that we're trying to say, you know, spouse and not husband and wife. And all too often when this topic comes up, we will hear people say all the husbands really, really have high sex drive and they want it all the time and all the wives don't. And that's kind of like the American stereotype of relationships that just is not the case for every relationship. Yeah. And we will be honest that for a time that was part of our story, it it did fit that mold, but we always tried to talk with couples no matter what, because it just doesn't, Having a stereotype can actually hurt. Absolutely. Because when we've met and we've talked with lots of couples that don't fit that stereotype, and all you do is heap more shame. Right. And heap more. Because there's something wrong with There's something wrong. It's completely flip flopped. And and the reality is, in every relationship, there is usually somebody who maximizes their sexual desire and sexual interest, and one who may more minimize that. Yeah. And that's a term um, our friends at Watermark with their reengage program uses. And we really like that maximizing, minimizing. 
Um, and occasionally we've seen two minimizers. Yes. Usually two maximizers are pretty set to go and don't need any assistance. <laughs> they, they don't tell you that it's a problem. <laughs> Correct. Right. right. Um, and, and the other thing to keep in mind too, through your whole of your marriage, it's going to shift and change. Correct. So it may be one thing in the first five years and a completely other dynamic, you know, right. different person minimizing or maximizing. It can change lots of times throughout your marriage. Correct. And I think that actually speaks to the heart of it, that we we are ever-changing and life is intruding. And that's why I know, that's, right. that's one of the main reasons I know that sex is worth yeah. figuring out and fighting for. Because if the enemy is going to confuse it that much for us, it means it means a lot. Like God has good plans for it. That's exactly right. And I think it is important to start with God designed sex for marriage to be a blessing, to be a positive thing in the context of marriage. And, you know, couples come together on their wedding day and give their vows to each other to promise to love and honor and cherish each other. And the word sexual intimacy isn't anywhere written into those specific vows. And yet those same couples are the ones sometimes a few weeks or months later and sometimes years later saying, well, my spouse just didn't keep up their end of the bargain because they weren't interested or something like that. And and they're very focused on this issue of my spouse isn't meeting my sexual need. Mm-hmm. And you, you said some keywords there too of like, they're just not interested. Yep. We usually chalk it up to very simplistic. Very simplistic. When usually it's it's much more complex. That's we are right. much more complex people than that. And there is much trust and different things that go into this side of a relationship. It's just not so simple. Yeah, that's right. And when, when we were talking about this before we uh, jumped on to hit record, you had shared that for some reason, our society, stre- the stress is put on the one who had, tends to minimize in order to actually try and meet the needs of the one who is maximizing. It mm-hmm. almost always goes that direction, that the stress is put on the minimizer mm-hmm. in order that they're, it's their problem. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's a marriage problem. It's a marriage problem. More than once, I feel like the average couple is going to have to deal with it at least once in their their marriage lifetime, yeah. if they're honest with each other. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's a challenge, and even the wording we use tells us how we're looking at it. It's Abs- a problem. That's right. Or it's a challenge because that's right. We're all going to have challenges in marriage. Well, and we've talked about this before, but a lot of times sexual intimacy and how that is happening for a couple can be a thermometer of what's going on in the rest of their relationship and in the rest of their life. Because sometimes it has nothing to do with just the relationship. Maybe it's just about time. It's Mm -hmm. maybe the things going on with the kids or Mm -hmm. maybe somebody just had a baby. So obviously sexual intimacy may not be a part of that that equation right afterwards. So maybe there's those factors, Mm -hmm. but it could also be a thermometer of 
your relationship health mm-hmm. and what we can do and and how we can look at other factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think oftentimes it's a combination of the two. But yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like we have been prioritizing this and making it an important part of our relationship for the past 12 years, for sure. I feel like we even started the journey earlier, but I feel like the past 12 years have been us on the same page, focused on the same goal. And life still intrudes. We are still having conversations about, you know, this, this, this part of life is stressful and we definitely feel it pulling us in different directions. And at the end of the day, we're just, Super exhausted. Sure. You know, not that the end of the day is the only time you can have sex. However, um, when when everything else is pulling at you, it does seem to be the common time that people tend to be like, oh, you know. And so just knowing that even people who are prioritizing it, who are saying it's really important in our relationship, also have these same conversations, these same struggles is, is... it's important. That's right. And I, I would say one of the things that we deal with all the time is just how do we then talk about the importance of sexual intimacy to each other? It, and I think what we want to say is there has to be a respectful conversation where it is something that both of you are working towards each other, not one person trying to change the other or one person trying to force what they need on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that for many people, it's understanding it may be a dynamic between the two of you, very much so. And probably that has a part of it, but it also may be things that both of you have dealt with from the past. I know for me, the thing that was the hardest was I was like, this isn't, this isn't the way I want to be, um, kind of minimizing it and not wanting it came from the purity culture. And so I know I entered marriage thinking like, well, we waited to have sex. So we're guaranteed this most amazing sex all the time. Right. And of course that's a lie that the church has kind of sold because we didn't know what else to say, but it, it, it's not the way I thought it was going to be. It's not the way I wanted it to be. And I'm, I don't know that I would characterize it the same for you, but I'm sure you felt some of those same emotions So my heart was definitely not in that wanting of that space, but it was also very like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Like something must be wrong with me. Correct. And I don't know how to figure out what's wrong with me. And I know for our story, like it didn't really necessarily have anything to do with you. It, you know, had to do with just uncovering stuff from, from my past, Um, nothing abuse or anything, just, just family of origin, how I grew up, how I dealt with emotions, how I processed emotions, how vulnerable I was with someone, just all of those kinds of things. It was a a healing journey for me in that, that allowed me to heal in that area as well. And I had to wrestle with why I was maximizing it, right? The world told me it was okay (laughs) to maximize it in my marriage. Oh yeah. Well, definitely Christian Christian, young adult right. Christian guys are told, like, just it's wait. It's fine. It'll be great. Everything will be fine, right? But what I didn't realize that when we first got married, I was turning to you in order to 
you know, just have a physical release sometimes that had nothing to do with intimacy, mm-hmm. right? It, it wasn't, I was putting things towards you that wasn't really yours to deal with. I, I had to deal with that, like, mm-hmm. because there were, there were things in my own story, in my emotional past that were, that had taught me that sex was going to make me feel better or mm-hmm. somehow in those kind of things. And that those are things to work out as a couple, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I have to bring all of that to you and make it all better that well, way. Well, and that I mean, sex with me would make it better because right. that's just not, that's it doesn't, not, it doesn't work that way. What sex and, was created for. And, and that's not what works. sexual intimacy actually is, right? It mm-hmm. It is, it is quite different than that. And, Anytime that we talk about this topic, when we talk about, hey, there's going to be a minimizer, there's going to be a maximizer, how do you work this out? We always have people kind of come and quote to us 1 Corinthians 7, usually verses 3 to 5. And so I, we just want to talk about that and talk through what does the, what does Scripture actually say and how do we understand that? So mm-hmm. um, it says, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs— and the wife should fulfill her husband's. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain for sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves to more complete prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again. So, there's a lot in there, mm-hmm. but I think one of the thing, first things to start with is both of you have healthy sexual needs, and that's a good thing mm-hmm. that God designed it that way. Yeah, and and again, not speaking to gender stereotypes at all, but for me being the minimizer, it was really important for me to realize sex is, is just as important for me as it is for Brad, who happened to be the maximizer. It's right. not always male-female, as we said. But um, in realizing that it has really good things for me as we connect together in that way. That's right. And I would say this this next part of giving authority over each other's body. It is really important in that verse that we do not cut the verse in half. It is not just one person has authority over another person's body. Mm-hmm. It is both and. And that right. mean, and that means that there is safety mm-hmm. built into how that verse is written. Right. Yeah, cuz it's not it's not just that cuz we're married you now literally I, my body is yours. Yes, like you said, yes and yes. But no, also, like I right. still get a, a say over what makes me feel safe and comfortable and loved and cherished and what makes me feel good. And the same for you. Like that just That's doesn't exactly disappear right. because we are married. And this verse says um, that, you know, implies that it's just then all gone from. No. It's not right. We can never take the fact out that both genders are talked about there. Like we have to recognize that the authority goes both directions. It's Mm -hmm. not top down. And and I think all too often this verse has been used to say, Oh, I have authority. So you have to do what I say. Yeah. That that's just never like, 
That's not what the heart I'm of scripture gonna say is. It. Well, and I was just going to say, see, there we go again. Uh, the same thing. I was just going to say, that's just not the heart of Jesus. No, no, and, it, you don't see that anywhere. So that, yeah. If that's been your interpretation of this verse, then I would go back and definitely look at what the heart of Scripture for each other are. Um, and I would just point you to Ephesians and talk about husbands. What does it mean to love your wife? That does not mean telling her her body is yours and do what I want now. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit the rest of what's in here. So um, I think that's really important. And yet, here's this other really important part of don't deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree. So there is a place where Scripture is saying, hey, sex is important, it's good, it's healthy, it's growing for your marriage, it is something that you should continue to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not everything, and so, That's right. you know, and so it— it talks about depriving each other and having a mutual agreement there. That's right. And like, that sounds very contractual and very like, okay, we sat down and this week decided this, this is how much would be <laughs> mutually decided upon, you know? And it's, it's just, that's again, not the spirit. No. The spirit is that you are both in a place that whatever your sexual relationship looks like at this point you both are feeling like you're on the same page about it. That's right. And and really what this what this verse tells me is it is completely normal and sometimes even healthy to not necessarily have sex all the time. And sometimes that there's a place where that is going to be something you fast from mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Maybe yeah. it is just because you have an infant at home and that's just kind of the reality right now. But then that's a place of, okay, I'm fasting for this for my spouse, for us, and I'm going to devote myself to prayer in that space. And I think to use the word fasting, which is interesting, but I think even that has connotation to it. And I mean, no offense, but we've done family um Daniel fast before, which have been incredibly life-changing, but um, they make us kind of grumpy. So, (laughs) you know, I think even fasting can have a connotation to it that I think we need to be careful with. Not that it's not an okay word, but I think it's just the mutual. Like, and if it's not mutual, why? Right. Why is, why are you guys finding yourself in a place that it feels so not mutual? Um if there's the extremes going on, like where, you know, you just feel like you're never having sex, then that's one thing. I still think the why is just as valid, but in a marriage that you, you feel like you're, you're doing pretty well in this area and understanding each other, then to me, that's, that's kind of the definition of mutual. Sure. And of course, of course there are times where I'm going to initiate and be interested as we talked about in one of our previous posts and it has to be an opportunity for you to feel okay to say, yeah, this right. is, yes, you know, and not always with words, but, you know, and also you, you have to have the freedom to say, you know, not tonight. That's just that's not, right. you know, and, and both of us need to be able to walk in that. And that's really where I think the mutual is. That's right. And, 
this is really a working out. And that's where I go back to the stress should not just be on the person who is lower drive minimizer maybe, mm-hmm. and to make it all right. Mm-hmm. Right. The stress needs to be on how do both of you work this out? Mm-hmm. And so maybe you are a maximizer and going, okay, what do I do about that? Well, there's a place where rather than just pushing your spouse for more sex, there mm-hmm. is a place of how do we grow our relationship? Mm-hmm. Like what what needs health there? What needs safety there? Because mm-hmm. healthy sexual intimacy happens in a bed of emotional and connected and safety. And so there's all of those things that have to happen first Mm -hmm. in order to really figure out what does healthy sexual intimacy look like. Well, and the world teaches a lesson that if you want sex all the time, there is, that is perfectly normal. And I'm not saying that in different stages of life, that desire isn't normal, but if you find yourself overtaken where that desire is driving you in a way, sure. the best thing I think you can do is to figure out why that is there. And and there might be that it's physically just hormonally a part of that stage of life or whatnot, but I would imagine there's another driving force or many driving forces that Absolutely. are also behind that. Because you definitely, upon reflection, I would think, uh, yeah, would be able to identify other driving forces, not not always in the positive, some in um, growing up, trauma, all those kinds of things. But the best thing I can think you can do for your your marriage at that point is dive into why. Not why isn't my spouse meeting my need? Why am I like this? Right. And and again, that's not to put this shame of like, there's something wrong with you, but when it is overtaking you and you're so angry with your spouse for not getting what you want sexually, that is, that is a level of concern Mm -hmm. and something that we should dive into. And I'll go at the other end for someone like me sticking your head in the sand and acting like it's okay. It's really good. In a marriage relationship, you're mm-hmm. in a marriage relationship to never want sex. I just say the best thing you can do for your relationship is ask why. Yeah. And and I think in either of these situations, finding a licensed counselor, someone who can help you dive into those questions of why would just be really beneficial. Those things are going to help your relationship the most. Yeah. And this is why... This is a topic that we end up talking about so often in our coaching because it is so important to the relationships and people just don't know where to go to actually talk about this stuff, whether it be the maximizing side, which I deal with often and typically I deal with men who are dealing in the maximizing side for one reason or another. Um, And and you've dealt with women in both camps and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what, you know, why is the the sexual intimacy not working in their relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a topic that, as I said in the beginning, everybody's going to deal with it at some point. That's exactly right. So therefore it's just common right? that people are trying to dig through this challenge. Right. And we want to just sit here and say, you know what, we don't want sexual intimacy or the brokenness in sexual intimacy to be a reason 
that drives you apart Mm -hmm. because there are other things going on. And we do believe that God can be a huge healer as the two of you come together in working through what it means to find emotional safety and relationship safety and better communication. Those things do absolutely help to start a process of healing, Mm -hmm. but there may be more that you need to dig into of why are the reasons that you're maximizing? Why are the reasons that you're minimizing and how, how do you start to communicate about that differently? And you'll find digging into those things are going to benefit so many other areas of your life too, because many of them you'll learn to discover don't actually have anything to do with sex and more have to do with intimacy and trust and trauma and all kinds of things that we bring from our formative years, which are way, way earlier. And so diving into that work you're going to see it play out not only in your sexual relationship with your spouse, but in, in many other areas. That's not to say that that's automatic. As soon as you do the work, you're healed and everything's great, but it is amazing. Once you can put understanding and emotions to those formative years and what's what you experienced, it is amazing how much freedom that brings in so many areas of your life. Yeah, that's really, really good. And we know that this is a tough topic and a lot of times people struggle in just trying to figure out what is my sexuality even supposed to look like? And there's a whole lot of shame, guilt, Mm. hurt. Yes, understanding desire and what God designed for it and that it is good is a journey. Absolutely. For sure. And and I just want to say, you know, it's, we'll start, we'll end where we started of, you know, God designed us with a sex drive, with our sexuality for a purpose, for good. And that it is something that he is not mad at you for. He's not ashamed at you for it. And he wants it to be a blessing and and a hope for your marriage. That's the goal. So we hope that you will work on still becoming one in your sexual intimacy. And if you're feeling stuck, hope that you'll reach out. Um, Reach out to us, reach out to somebody that you trust, and have a conversation about what you can learn. Yeah. Well, this is a great conversation. We're definitely going to be talking more about this in the weeks to come. We hope that you will join us. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.